Hi guys, it's me, Chloe. Um, first of all, massive Chloe Classics shout out to Aretha, my cousin, who basically gave me a fantastic kick up the bum and was like, why haven't you done an episode on Malcolm and Marie? Um, and yeah, I watched that as soon as it came out on Netflix. It was so, well, um, yeah, before I get into it, I'm super excited to reveal that I'm starting a segment, or as I've sort of dubbed it, Chloe Classics special guest season is starting, it's starting soon. Um, and just major thanks and blessings to all my friends who have agreed to guest star on Chloe Classics on a myriad of topics which I've posted on the Chloe Classics Instagram, which is at Chloe Classics, um, and on my Snapchat, C Jarrett Bell and on my own personal Instagram as well. So yeah, look out for those. The oh I'm about to sneeze. Brilliant timing. <laughs> Bless me. I actually think I've sneezed before on my podcast, which is not great. But anyway, um yes, and considering the order I'm gonna release this Malcolm Marie episode, either you've already watched or you're about watched, you've already listened to, or you're about to listen to the first special guest season episode, which is Bridgerton with my B. You see how I play on words, play on words, um, with Lauren, Lauren Waters, my friend. So that's gonna be really exciting, or slash it was already exciting, depending on what order I've uh posted these. So just a little quick quick catch up with you guys about Malcolm Marie and Marie. Wow. It was wow. It was mad. It was mad in many ways. It was mad in terms of cinematography, it was mad in terms of soundtrack, it was mad in terms of the acting, it was mad in terms of the content, the writing. For me, I think the star of the like obviously apart from um Zendaya and and John David Washington, which of course who of course are the stars, I feel like the star was the writing. Obviously they brought it to life in a fantastic way. I've said fantastic three times now. Um but the writing, the writing, the writing. It was so mad. Um, mad being good, mad being really, really good. What's strange, right? Let's talk about let's talk about this, let's talk about this. The first time I actually watched um I've seen, sorry, John David Washington in anything was in Tenet. And I was like, yeah, this guy is really good. And I didn't know he was um Denzel Washington's son. He is Denzel Washington's son, right? He is. I didn't just say that. That's not like a room I've heard. He actually is. But um now I'm gonna type that up because I'm really paranoid. Um that this is not the case. It is definitely the case. Um let's see, let's see. I said it anyway. Um yeah, so I watched him in Tenet. But he's been in other things before that. But um he was so good for me in Tenet. Like, first of all, his stunts and the way that, you know, he, he his movement, his physicality, his, like, athleticism is really impressive. But now seeing the range of, like, his emotion, I, I just thought it was... Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I really thought it was really, really good. Uh, his acting, his performance, I thought his, his performance was fab. Um, I didn't know how, like, award seasons work, but... I heard like a rumor or something that they didn't get a certain that um 
Malcolm Marie didn't get a certain award nomination or something. I don't know why. Um, I assume that it would, they would have to be logged into next year's one, but I think they deserve all the award nominations. Let me not lie. Um, it was so impressive. It was so impressive. I feel like, right, if you're going to analyse this film, if you're going to an analyse anything, any film, this film would be the one to analyse because just the shots used, everything, like, it is rich. It's, and what I love is that they didn't use colour, you know? Colour wasn't used. It was all in black and white. Um, you know, yeah, it was still so visually engaging. Um, from the first... Boom, when he puts the mac and cheese... Oh, when Zendaya puts the mac and cheese on the table. The whole thing, you know. Um, oh, I was so impressed. It was really like a meltdown of a relationship. That relationship is toxic. Toxic. Um, and you know what I liked? I found myself at different times rooting for... for what are their names? Wow. Malcolm and Marie, how embarrassing. I found myself rooting for, for Malcolm and Marie at different points, depending on the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was so rich, was so beautiful um and i think it was nice to see zendaya in a grown-up role right i haven't watched euphoria even though lots of people are telling me to watch euphoria but i've but i follow zendaya on instagram so i see the different clips and stuff and it's obvious that she's so fab at it um and fan oh gosh you know you just said one word and like which is fantastic and it's just stuck in your mind but she's great at at that i've heard and i've seen as well but for me this is the first time i've ever seen her do something so um mad like so grown up you know um i was about to say like it it sounds weird me saying that because i am younger than zendaya a little bit but i grew up watching her on shake it up and that kind of stuff and you know it's, it's replay her song her disney song anyway um and listening to that sort of stuff and you know i've always seen her as like a role, role model but I've, I've never really seen her in an, in an adultish way as i have um in this film and she really comes into her own you know and it just really, it really impresses me. And, and Sam Levinson just does so well with the script. And you know what I like is that her, her adultishness or her maturity, is the word I was looking for, isn't forced. Like, it feels so, 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 so natural. Um, I think it just shows that people have their issues. You know what? Right, let me not even, I'm not going to excuse this relationship. Malcolm and Marie's relationship is dis disgracefully toxic, Okay. <laughs> it's so toxic but i just like that it's not a fairy tale that they have their their issues and, and really i think the entire film is about what if i had to sum it up i'd say it's about acknowledgement would i say i say it's about acknowledgement like and yeah i would say it's about acknowledgement and how acknowledgement can be a part of affection you know I've, the, the whole reason i think they have this big spat or rather like 50 billion spats that really boil down to one thing is 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 the fact that marie's character doesn't feel acknowledged by malcolm's not only in the speech you know that he doesn't give he doesn't thank her in the speech but that he uses her story sorry spoilers by the way guys <laughs> is that he uses <laughs> i should have said that at the start i'll say it in the description that he uses her story um to give it to get himself critical acclaim right as a director and he doesn't he doesn't just not thank her right on stage because you know right you've seen those funny memes where like people are thanking their family when they're winning like an oscar or golden globe or whatever and they just forget to thank the most important people to them they thank their like dog or something oh actually no some people like their dogs but they thank their like i don't know the bus driver that drove them to their first audition or something but they forget to to um to thank the people like closest to them so i don't think it's just like that he didn't thank her in the speech 
But the fact that he did this entire thing, this entire film based on her life and he didn't use her. Well, he used her, <laughs> but he didn't use her talent. Like, and there's a bit where she's holding the knife towards the end and she, you know, pretends to have some, some, some sort of breakdown. Um, and she's just, she just shows him, like, this is what I could have done. I could have been better. And I like that she sort of says that, um, you know, this is like my final knife in you kind of thing. The fact that now you know I could have done it better than the actress you chose um, and your film could have been better, but now you never have that, which I think was like, it, it cut him a little bit. And the last image, that last image of the two of them on, it's not a heath, is it a heath? It's a hill outside their house and their garden, whatever, um, where they're staying, whatever. Um, I just love the imagery of them. And you know what? One thing that I that would have ruined it is if they did a thing where, you know when people, when you have a shot, right, of two people standing together and then the camera doesn't need to pan in, the camera's just there in like a wide and then you see them like grab each other's hands or their fingers touch or something and it just shows that everything's going to be okay. That wasn't there. There was that slither of space between the two of them when they were standing. Right, this is, I hope my memory's serving me right. Um, Just that sliver of space between the two of them. There, there was no sort of uh, physical touch there or connection, but... Hmm. It was mad, it was mad, it was mad. I, I liked it because the ending wasn't, it wasn't a kind of ellipse. Yeah, ellipse. It wasn't an ellipsis kind of ending like, oh, you know, what's going to happen next? But it wasn't a full stop kind of ending either. For me, it's like a dash. It was like a dash. If I think about it in terms of punctuation, yeah, I think the film ended in a dash and I, and I loved that about it. Um, yeah, the script is compelling and it's also a big job. Like, think about how long the film is. Film, well, the film isn't actually that long, but when there's two people doing dialogue on stage, on stage, oh, on screen, it, it is, it does feel longer. And such a strange comparison. It reminded me of Gilmore Girls, the first couple of episodes when, when it was mainly Lorelai and, and Rory um, talking to each other. And that script must have been just mad to try and learn, especially because of the pace of that film and the, of that TV show anyway. But I digress. Back to the point. Like, I think there's just, like, skills in memory as well to learn all of that. And oh, it's so funny because they don't just learn the scripts as well, they embody it. And I think I would be exhausted if I had to film this. Like, oh, I loved it. I loved the way they did everything. Um, it was really gorgeous. It was, look, a different word from fantastic, gorgeous. Um, and you know what? Let me not lie. I got tired in the best way. I got tired watching it because I was, like, but I was, like, determined this is not a kind of film that I'm going to pause um, and go back to the next day, I have some respect for myself, like, I was like, I need to, my brain was, like, pumping, the blood was like, oh, I'm tired, um, but that's how they must have been feeling, like, this is tiring, like, going, you know, um, what I love, right, is that in different films, like, especially romance films, like, the director gets to choose where we start off with the couple, like, are we at the start of their relationship, the end, the middle, whatever, and this felt like, boiling point yes but i could just imagine that before this like if this film was real life before the moments we have seen there were like trickles of these arguments and bursts of these arguments in different places and today was like the or today or the film rather was like the culmination of everything um it was powerful and what i loved is they both both john david washington and zendaya shone like they both had their moment um there was yeah they they really matched each other, I think. Yeah, and I saw um, a quote where someone said that it was claustrophobic um, because this was filmed during a pandemic. Oh, wow. <coughs> Pardon me. That makes it even more special for me. 
the fact that it was filmed in a pandemic and oh do you know why i like that i like that because right someone could obviously do something about covid a film whatever it would probably work i think maybe not now because it's a bit too soon in in my head but they could definitely do it and it would work and it would be cool but i think there's something so special about 20 years down the line someone thinks about the film malcolm and marie they 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 learn about it and they look at the context and they discover it was done during a pandemic with such a small number of staff as well on set only two actors on the screen you know and oh there's something about that intimacy the actual intimacy of a pandemic the, the actual intimacy which sounds weird because a pandemic is like universal but the intimacy that it creates that the effects of a pandemic create you know that isolation that actually bleeds into the film i think in the best kind of way but let me know what you guys think about about it um but yeah i just absolutely loved it right right i'm gonna get annoyed where did i remember this from either someone said this to me or i read this somewhere i watched it in a video i feel really bad i can't remember who said this but um right listen here imdb gave it 6.8 out of 10 rotten tomatoes gave it 58 percent and metacritic uh, gave it 53%. You know those critics that you get on Google? Um, and I saw that and I was like, huh? I was really shocked. Um, and the only way I could understand is if it doesn't pander to the tastes of a modern audience, which, you know, I think maybe the length of the film and all this sort of stuff, you know, or the, the fact that the storyline isn't always, like, it's linear, I guess, but it isn't always, like, coherent at different times. Like, I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. I can imagine why someone would think, oh, no, I didn't like this film. But I have a friend, shout out to um, Sherry. She said that this film, like, was art. And she's right. Because it wasn't just a film for mass consumption, for that, you know, that sort of consumerism viewing kind of film. Like, okay, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I do love Marvel. I do. Let me not lie. I do. Okay before someone tries to say something to me i love marvel but marvel for me is like a film and there are po points of art in it but it's a film whereas this malcolm and marie was art it was art it was art from the writing the writing was art the acting was art the filming was art all the elements that go to make a film together was art you know and i can get why you know in terms of mass viewership you know it's not getting the highest ratings but as i was saying someone said this thing that they were like you know if something is getting maybe not bad reviews but like isn't getting the awareness or acknowledgement they deserve it might be because it's not something that's made for the masses i don't mean that like look please go and watch malcolm and marie like i want many many people to watch it but you know that there, there are those certain like things in life where maybe not everyone will get it but it doesn't make it any less special and and maybe because these big institutions aren't recognizing them it even makes it even more special because it means that it just couldn't fit into the mold that of of approval you know it couldn't fit into this mold that would get them approval you know if you, i don't know if you get what i'm saying but yeah i think there are reasons for the low for the low um ratings they got not ratings uh what's it called criticisms whatever um but i don't think those reasons are 100 percent valid 
I think it's a great film, guys. I think it's a beautiful film. It was on a small budget. You know, film budgets are massive. I think the budget was like $2.5 million or something. You know, it wasn't that long. One hour 46. And I love the topic, you know. Look, not gonna lie, I laughed as well. <laughs> I laughed and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't cry, but I there was a point where I wanted to cry when Zenday was in the bathtub bit. Um and he was like <laughs> and Malcolm was talking about all his different girlfriends and oh he was really sticking that knife in. He was opening up the he was opening up the wound and like pouring salt in it and then putting the knife in again. That's what that's what it felt like verbally. Um <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Brilliant film, all in all. Um and I'd say definitely go ahead and watch it. I think I really appreciate a film also filmed all in black and white. I think it gives like a richness. Um, I think actually like an emotion as well um, to a film. So yeah, let me know what you guys thought. But that was my Malcolm and Marie thing. I just thought I had to talk on it. Like why shouldn't I say something about it and, you know, verbalise my thoughts. So biggest clear cassette shout out to my cousin, um, Aretha. Yeah, for inspiring this video. Um, cool. So I'm so excited, guys, for special guest season. So I hope you guys will tune in for those episodes. I think it'll be nice to hear someone else speaking on Chloe Classics other than me. So yeah, I hope you guys have a lovely um, day. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go with this song. But um, this song isn't on the playlist, I don't think. And the playlist is quite lit for Malcolm and Marie, but I just wanted to play it because it's one of my favourite songs. So let's go, Otis Redding, Try a Little Tenderness. guys it's me i'm back so this is part two of malcolm and marie the review i'm super super excited because i'm here with two incredible actresses in film aficionados olive and sherry welcome guys hi Hello. <laughs> okay so um i did a recording a few days ago about malcolm and marie just like as soon as i watched it i just thought i had to do a um a podcast about it but, like, after talking to you both sort of individually, I was like, oh, there's so much I didn't know, slash so much I'm now thinking. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to just hear your thoughts um, about the film. Okay. So, firstly, I wanted to ask, I think this, this is the most, like, fundamental question. What did you think? Did you like the film? Start with Olive. I really loved the film. I think it was really beautifully written. I am a sucker for good dialogue. Mm. And this 
film is filled to the brim with it. (laughs) And I also just admire, you know, how they brought the whole production together during the pandemic, how they developed it, how they, you know, got by with the skeleton crew and and how they really supported each other as artists. And I think the whole uh, process behind it is really fascinating and to do all that and still come out with a movie that actually works Mm. is very admirable. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And Sherry, what did you think? I basically agree with that. I mean, there are some like underlying things that maybe you'd have a question mark um, next mm-hmm. to. But as a whole, um, just the, if we're like admiring the beauty of the art form and just what they were able to create in such a compromising time and short period mm-hmm. of time as well. Um, I think it's beautiful. I think it's also beautiful I guess I'd say for Zendaya, just a personal moment of growth. Not that she's not been able to to act, I guess, as in previously, but I think it's just a moment where the whole world can now like turn around and now put that respect on her name. Um, Something that I feel like she's been trying to battle for a few years. I mean, she's, Mm. she's proven people right with euphoria, but there's still that teenage aspect associated with that whereas this is now like okay her really becoming that woman that everyone now needs to look at as a respected actor yeah definitely because she's an adult now and I think it's easy to forget that because of her Mm. definitely okay so I'm going to read this quote um from a writer from the Hollywood Reporter uh, as a, a review of the movie it says Sam Levinson's intense chamber drama explodes the complex complex contracts of partnership while also examining life inside the bubble of the entertainment business in particular the way artists can suck up all the oxygen in a relationship so I think that's quite um, a profound uh, statement but I want to know if you guys had to give a synopsis of this film based on your experience of it how would you describe it um let's start with Sherry (laughs) hard question (laughs) You know what? I've been trying to think about this. Mm -hmm. I just see it as too... It's almost a reflection of what they said in the trailer, but it's just like too... And it's very turbulent, I guess. And there's a lot to uproot, basically. Um, And I guess highlighting the importance of thanking those those in your life that are really close to you and play a major role in your creativity. But I really don't know how else I'd really describe it. That's a good description. Um, Olive, how would you describe it? It's funny, someone literally asked me today, like, oh, what's it about? And I just kind of went, um, it's like this couple that argues. Literally. <laughs> I was like, but it's good, but it's good, you know. <laughs> like, it sounds boring, but, like, it's good. Um, so I guess that's how I describe it. But obviously, it's, like, it's more complex than that. I, I think, at least when I watched it, I saw a lot of my relationships reflected in, in their relationship and in the mm-hmm. dialogue. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's about the power imbalances in these relationships and how they can creep up on you and when you're faced with these truths and when you've been with each other for so long what are you going to do about it do you just leave or 
yeah you know are you stuck together forever Mm. I think there's a similar ending in in Gone Girl now that I think of it Mm. you know they these two horrible people you know they they they're so horrible that they're only right for each other even though they they drive each other crazy and I'd argue that that Marie isn't horrible in this movie but um I might agree (laughs) on the low on the low (laughs) Yeah, but I, you know, I kind of, you know, see that where these people are just, they're in this toxic relationship, but they can't live without each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so on to like the next thing. Um, This this writer, she said, her name's Angelica uh, J. Bastien, and she wrote a very blunt article for Vulture magazine on Malcolm and Marie. Um, And she writes that the fast-paced dialogue seems to highlight uh, John David Washington's, I always want to call him Denzel, which is so bad of me. Um, <laughs> John David Washington's alarming limitations as an actor. And then she says that Zendaya doesn't fare much better. So she goes on to say that um, she doesn't think any two actors, so not these two, just like them specifically, but any two actors could have saved this film from its own overwrought Ooh. script and grand self importance. Oh, so I wanted to ask, what do you make of a statement like this? Do you think it's fair? Olive, what do you think? No, I don't think it's fair. I think I was very, I was very taken aback by by their performances and the the authentic, the authenticity. <laughs> they have that whole uh, argument about authenticity, but uh, <laughs> I was, you know, the authenticity. I'll just say that, and yeah. and the and the vulnerability and the spontaneity as well. I was mm. reading about, you know, how the script was was developed, and and Sam, the writer and director, would would you know allow a lot of improvisation mm-hmm. they'd you know maybe try a couple pages and if they say oh that doesn't work they they change it up to something else um so I don't know how you can say any other actor would have made it better when the actors themselves were helping write the script mm-hmm. um they were such an important part of the script so no I disagree I it's it's probably I mean I've seen John David in Tenet and Black Klansman and this is probably my favorite performance of his I I really loved his freedom and his physicality and his kind of goofiness in in the in the darkness of his of his character and I think Zendaya just has such a talent for vulnerability and and letting the audience in and letting the camera in and it's she's it really shines in this Definitely. Um, Sherry, what do you think? Do you think that Angelica's article, is, well, her statement in this article, do you think it's fair? I mean, look, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think our perspective is very different, especially being um, actors, aspiring actors. Yeah, yeah. And I think I can understand where she's coming from, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it's fair. I think a lot of people are judging this film. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I almost feel weird calling it a movie because I feel like there's a difference between a movie and a film. And I feel like in this this film is more so created for art, her mm. artistic purpose than um, for entertainment or whatnot. So, yeah. although I can understand what, that the dialogue is a lot, um, Chloe, you and I were literally just making jokes about it. Um, but <laughs> especially being actors, we, we can acknowledge and um, identify the importance of each word written. Um, yeah. 
and mm. how it was paramount to move the story along. So I don't know that I personally wouldn't agree with it. I can see where she's coming from, but I don't know if it's fair. Yeah, I, I definitely, I when I first saw the trailer, actually, I, I texted Sherry and I was like, mm, this dialogue is not hitting. <laughs> but when you see it within context, yeah. it makes, it when it's like out of context, it seems really corny and really cheesy. And I was like, oh boy, this is what I was worried about. But when it's within the context of the movie, it makes so much yeah. more sense. And they'd say something, I'd be like, oh my God, now I kind of get it. And I'm not like cringing. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. I think in the trailer, it was the first line when John David Washington says, like, I love you so... I don't know, he says something like, I love you so much, but you drive me mad at what we said yeah. when he's, like, in the um, the threshold of the bedroom. Mm. I, I remember cringing at that, but when you actually watch it within its context, like, it's towards the end, it's like, oof, it, like, holds so much You know, I weight. thought the trailer didn't do it justice at all. No. At all. It definitely. was like, a, I was actually nervous to watch it. I was like, oh, no, these are two actors I like. Ugh. Yeah, and so I was really like taken aback when I did watch it. Yeah, I feel like trailers often do that though. They like misrepresent, which is so silly. Um, like what's going to happen in mm. the film, and this one definitely did that. Okay, so let's talk about the script. Okay, so <laughs> it was written by um Sam Levinson, who I did not know was a white man number one, nor did I know that he um wrote Euphoria. Uh, until Sherry brought it to my attention. So I went to ask, does the race of the writer change the way you experience the content of the film, specifically for Malcolm and Marie, and also in general, uh, film in general? So Sherry, let's start with you. <laughs> so I remember um, having watched it and Oliver and I were sort of talking. She was like, Twitter's going crazy. They're talking all this nonsense about him like, using it as a as a vessel to rant and I didn't necessarily oh see God. the issue with that I don't think it's an issue because we as artists we use um mm. these forums to express what we're feeling but mm. whilst I knew he was behind it I didn't know how much of a like key role he played in writing it and I 100% think it affects um it's an issue that he's a white man writing for this black couple now doing my research i've re i've realized that what would happen was zendaya was a major part of the writing um as in well he would write 10 pages or approximately 10 pages she said and call her they'd talk it out all this kind of stuff he wrote it for them in mind um but oh and i don't know if i sent this to you um chloe but i think anyway olive sent me this and it was one interview where they were kind of asking him whether he had an issue with the fact that he was writing for a black couple and he was like not really like um i believe yeah. in the, the collaborative process and that they would be able to give me their input but i think that's a bit unfair I don't know, but mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge, right, Zendaya and John David Washington aren't writers. They're actors, they're producers. And I think it's a lot to put on people who, you know, where it's not really their specialty. I think 
they can only help you so much but where there are things being trained in writing could come in into play they wouldn't necessarily be able to make the right decision so for me mm-hmm. I had explained to you at some point I was talking to my sister and my sister and I was sort of saying something a black person wouldn't have a black writer wouldn't have made a mistake about is when Marie is telling Malcolm um that he grew up fairly well off his mom did this job his dad did this job his sister did this you're more privileged than the white critic it's like that's a mistake no black writer would have made because they would never equate privilege with economic standing Mm. because there's a difference between social and economic standing and being limited by the color of your skin and so I think it's slight yeah. things like that that will seep through that make it an issue that a white man is writing for this black couple. Yeah, definitely. I think I would agree with that, specifically with that point. I remember like listening to that and thinking, hmm, that was a weird comparison to yeah. make. But um, yeah, definitely. Um, Olive, what do you think? Do you think the race of the writer changes the way that you view or experience the content of the film? Um, well, obviously, I'm a white woman, mm-hmm. so my point of view is going to be you know less knowledgeable uh than than any black person uh, viewing this film i kind of i kind of went in i knew about the the collaboration behind it i knew that sam and zendaya were very close friends and mm-hmm. that they were developing it together um that there were several black producers on board and so when i kind of watched it to be honest, I wasn't really thinking about about the race of the writer. Mm. I was I was thinking about the story and and the characters. Um, yeah, so I I, did, I I wasn't really thinking like majorly about it. I knew there was a there was going to be a scene where he blasts off about critics because uh, critics had mentioned it in their reviews and got a bit mad about it. <laughs> um, but. I can definitely see both sides of it. I can yeah. definitely see, like like Sam said, it was ex- extremely collaborative and he trusts that, um, you know, the black creatives that he was collaborating with um, would call him out and say, no, that's not right or no, that's not truthful. And they change it if um, if they felt it, it wasn't right. But I think with anything... With, with anything, there's always going to be a discrepancy if you're, if you're writing about... Um, I mean, I mean, I take Green Book as kind of a prime example. Yeah, yeah. I think Green Book is a movie about race relations that was written and developed entirely by white people. Yeah, and you can tell. You can very much. Tell. You can tell. Um, but then there's also like, I think Top Boy is developed by white people. Um, oh. The Last Black Man in San Francisco was, it was directed by a white man. It was it was written by a, a white man and a, and a black man. Um, so it really depends. What I what I do think is that diversity behind the scenes is just as important, if not more important, as as diversity on screen, yeah. because there will always be that discrepancy of authentic representation. So obviously, I can't speak to what's authentic uh, to the black experience in the movie. Um, I I just I wasn't I guess I wasn't thinking about it. Um, I know that a lot of people on the internet. They have their opinions about Sam Levinson. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they don't like him for, and I don't really know why. 
Really? Like even before this movie came out, and I don't really know why. Um, oh. Yeah, but um, I can't remember where I was going with that point. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I train no. of thought. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like I can, I can, I can see, I I can see uh, both sides of it. Yeah. yeah I don't. Shay, were you back? Yeah. Oh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, I was just thinking that like. <laughs> I think the the projects that you mentioned still have um, enough black representation, especially in the writing. I just know for a fact that I would never sit and write with my Asian friend, write a whole script with my Asian friend, even if they're giving me a bit of input, if they're just actors, there's only so much they can do. I would never feel like I'm giving an authentic piece writing through the vessel of someone like through through someone else's narrative I would want an Asian person there with me writing the script giving and I may be overlooking the whole process and making sure that the narrative is going in the direction that I intended it to go but I would never Mm. be the sole person and maybe rely on my one or two um, Asian actors to complete I don't know I just I personally wouldn't feel comfortable enough with that and so I felt a type of way when he was kind of like nah I didn't really not maybe as um throwaway as that but like when he was kind of like no I didn't really see an issue in that I just I don't think he Mm. was taking enough responsibility of it Mm. um I think he's a very talented writer as like when I did watch it that Mm. was the first thing I was telling um, Olive, not him necessarily, because I didn't really know who the writer was at the um, at the start, but the writing as a whole was great. And I think when it was writing um, relating to Malcolm and Marie and their relationship, it worked. But when it whenever it turned into something about race or whatnot, I think that's when it never felt as authentic. Yeah, I think mm. I'd agree with that last point for sure, definitely. I think yeah. I, I think I agree with all of it, really. But I think this, the first thing I noticed was the writing. I was like, oh, this writing is mad in a good way. Um, but when it was like the, the rants either about like critics or about race or about society, it, it, it did feel like, you know, when you get taken out of it, when you're like, oh, I'm not, what, I'm not mm. immersed in a film. I'm just sort of yeah. watching something. Yeah, I and I wonder if that's the problem with Sam even though he's a writer-director, maybe he's too much of a public figure. Like, mm-hmm. I think if this was a writer that people didn't really know about, um, mm. there might might not be as much of a conversation about it. But but Sam is kind of, he's, he's known, you know, as a person yeah. um, outside outside of his, his writing and directing as like a, a public figure. So I wonder if that was, if that was the reason that people had Sam on their minds more when they were watching the movie. Yeah, I think that definitely is a, a big factor. Okay, so just a, a few more questions. Um, so remember the mac and cheese bit? I think it was at yeah. the start. It, it must have been. Um, so what did you think of that scene, you know, of um, Malcolm, like, shoveling this mac and cheese <laughs> down his throat that um, that Marie made for him? You know, it's divided people, that scene. Like, some people, it put them off the entire film. Um <laughs> It made some people laugh, made some people cringe. Uh, what did you guys think about it? Olive, what did you think? Honestly, that's my favourite scene in the movie. <laughs> I think, because I, I, there's something so... You know how we're always told in, like, acting class to find find the find the light in the dark? Yeah. Find the humour. Yeah. 
uh, things like that. I think that was like a perfect example of it. Like he's literally like emotionally abusing and, her. And while it was mad. Mac and no, it was mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's something about John David's mannerisms as well that was, it was really true. funny. <laughs> I had to ask, like, is he drunk or is he just like crazy? Because <laughs> we need to identify this right now. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, and it's the tie like when you kept he kept moving the tie it over like, his like... shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, Sherry, what did you think of that scene? I don't, I don't think that I had much of an opinion of that. Marie called him out and was like, "You're doing something so casual whilst you emotionally, like verbally, abuse me," and I think. Mm-hmm well this is a moment where we see the writing really hitting but like when you when she really put those things next to each other it was so I think it was a real good decision I think it made it hit a lot harder um I found it entertaining um and even heard that he ended up furring up because he was hella committed and was really eating it all yeah (laughs) oh nice I mean, when you hear things about actors committing to the fullest, like, I love to hear it. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, I don't know if it was just me, or if you guys felt this as well, sometimes I felt bad for laughing, like, I was like, am I allowed to laugh at this? But some bits were, like, very funny for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe that shouldn't have been so funny. Um, so what was your, your favourite scene? I know, Olive, you mentioned the mac and cheese. Mm. Um, oh. Sherry, what was yours? Oh. Um, I think Oh, this is a good question. It's probably the bathtub scene because I think it, yeah, yeah. I think it's where they both gave their best performance. She wasn't saying much, but her reacting yeah. alone was very, yeah. it was, uh, I don't even know, I don't have a word to describe it, but her reactions to what he was saying was, I don't know, very moving. I think I'd say that's the best. Yeah. I think it's also the best for me because I feel as though it was the only time we really saw a bit more to John David through his his personal lens. Mm-hmm. Whenever we hear more about him or get deeper, it's through her perspective. But I, I don't think we ever mm-hmm. saw it from his. Um, so I think I'd, I'd say that's my, my favourite. Definitely. Olive, what about you? I know you said the mac and cheese, but do you have another one? I yeah, I really love the mac and cheese one. I also <laughs> love there's um there's there's a bit where she's talking about the the lead actress like saying she's a socialist in like a two thousand dollar dress, mm. um, and I, it made me think about like my place, like with my political opinions and definitely believing we should you know um, redistribute wealth. Um, but also wanting to wear pretty dresses <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that and knowing that this is an industry that is inherently capitalistic and yeah. knowing that there's not much we can really do to change that especially from our position and what I what I like about scenes like that is they kind of offer ideas but they don't really offer answers and they make you think and um, I think I think that's what good films do they they just make you kind of think about yeah. yourself and your place in this and I, I don't really think I have an answer either I think yeah. this might be something in the middle but Definitely. yeah Definitely. like I'm gonna merge the last two questions together um yeah I love the aesthetic of this film 
Um, but a lot of people have said that the verbal and emotional abuse in terms of content ruins the film for them. Um, so my question is, first, what do you think? And secondly, could you watch it again? Um, so, Sherry, what do you think? Um... <laughs> um, well, okay, could I watch it again? Yes. I mean, I've already watched it again, well, halfway through. Um, I do mm-hmm. think you need to like it, it it's definitely draining it's definitely draining and especially yeah. if you can relate to it um on a real personal level then you need to somewhat be prepared when you embark on that again um yes so i definitely could um yeah. what was the other question again you said <laughs> um yeah, no, just, yeah, no, that, that, that was the, the main bit about the, some people have said that the verb, um, verbal and emotional abuse in the content. I mean, that's, it was technically hinted in the trailer, so I, I expected, yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't expect it to go so deep, but actually, I think yeah. that maybe made it better. Am I, am I sadistic? Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, no. Because it, it was... <laughs> Like I remember I was actually painting my room when I when I was watching it and I literally had to mm-hmm. stop painting and be like, What? No, he didn't. Yes, she what? He said like <laughs> I was literally back and forth because they were going to places where we as humans don't really go. We don't ever go that low. Like how many people watch it and they're like, it's literally an indication of how you should not be in a relationship and blah blah blah. And whilst people yeah. do go through things like yeah. this it's not common for us as humans to ever be that free with our speech and so I think that's what made Mm. it way more engaging and I think if they were holding back there would be nothing to watch definitely definitely I agree with that and and Olive what do you think could you watch this film again or have you um despite the verbal and emotional abuse in it um, or I don't tend to be like a rewatcher. Um, I mean, I have like certain films like I rewatch at certain times, like Christmas films. Uh, I watch Phantom Thread every Valentine's Day, so that's coming on Sunday. Uh, so I don't know if I'll rewatch it anytime soon. Uh, I definitely am going to read the script. Um, but in terms of like the emotional verbal abuse, what I, what I really love about this film is some of my favorite pieces of art is just stuff that shows you kind of the ugliest rawest sides of ourselves as human beings and just presents them openly without judgment and I think that the movie did that quite well like I said like I saw myself with my relationships uh, Mm. reflected in the dialogue and you know how they treat each other when they treat each other well when they treat each other terribly and um and I think I don't know if it's 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 not comforting it's just like I don't know do you, do you know what I mean when yeah. you, just when you see something that you haven't really seen before but you know is true to to human life yeah. even if it's not pretty yeah and I and I think the movie reflect that really well and I think it was it was necessary I mean that's what the movie is about it's about the this the discrepancy in this relationship um and if you don't show it openly and honestly you're cutting corners and you're hiding and that's that's a bit dishonest definitely well you know what thank you both so much for joining me today on Chloe Classics uh, I've literally loved having you both I hope this is the, the longest <laughs> episode but in the best way 
um, because we went in depth um, into all of it. Um, I just want to give a quick Chloe Classic shout out to our friend Jade, who's officially passed the 1000 mark. Yeah, Go on, Jade, uh, to raise yes. Teenage Cancer Trust. So, the link to the donation page is on the Chloe Classics Instagram, um, which is at Chloe Classics, and also on Jade's Instagram, which you'll find through Chloe Classics as well. So, thank you both for joining me. And um, per brilliant request, we're going to close out with um, James Brown oh, down now in New York City. Hells, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.